For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Official Tiger Talk with 1400 Club Podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty Jackson State Tigers. I'm your host, Charles Bishop, along with Mike B. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Apple users rate and review the show, and everyone follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause which is the I Love Jackson State University. And before we get started, I want to say a heartfelt thank you uh, to all of the, our supporters who've been out there supporting us on this uh, Jackson State podcast. We really appreciate all the fans, all the administrators, and the coaches who really lend their support to this podcast. So thank you. We have with us, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mike B., who is a, a regular contributor on the show. Welcome to the show. Hey, Chef, what's going on? I appreciate you, man. And we also have one half of uh, the Swap Talk podcast, which is James Sanders. And James, welcome to the podcast, man. Oh, what's up? What's up, Jackson State fans? We are love in the field. Now, we're talking with James tonight. James, you guys, uh, you and Charles Wells, you came up with uh, a very novel thing in terms of coming up with a uh, a list, if you will, for the swag players of the decade. And I, I, I tell you what, when I took a look at this list, I was really impressed. You guys really did a tremendous amount of research. You pulled the stats out and you compiled this list. And I want to first of all say uh, kudos, man. Good job. I really uh, liked it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Man. It took a lot of work and a lot of uh, a lot of thought too. So you know. So, so talk to us. Kind of what 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 uh, was your thinking? What went into uh, compiling this uh, swag uh, team of the decade list here in football? So one day, I guess during the quarantine, you know, during this quarantine, I uh, I thought about this. I thought about a list for the uh, swag. All decade team, and I started discussing, you know, bits and pieces with my cousin, um, Nicholas Sanders. He actually played football for Alcorn uh, from 2000, I believe, 10 to 14. We just started talking about a couple guys that that made an impact on the um, on the football field. I kind of came up with the question. I put I posed it on Twitter to some of the. Uh, HBCU outlet out there that, you know, that covers HBCU sports, I didn't get much of a response. But um, now usually this is uh, Charles Wells with the uh, Swag Top Sports podcast. And me and him, we got together and we compiled a list. And 
he just wanted to kind of give these guys they all and be shining while you know while we can, you know. So mm-hmm. I must really appreciated them on the football field. A sure thing, and you guys came over the list from 2010 to uh, through 2020. I'm sure there are some names on the list that probably got left out, but we're going to go through it, and we're going to talk about some of these guys that you have listed out in terms of making uh, your slack uh, uh, all-decade team, if you will. And this is a novel concept. It's something that we see, you know, especially uh, NFL. They normally have their uh, their uh, players of the decade and things of that nature, but you guys took the time out to uh, compile one for the flag. So I want to kind of start here on offense and, and Mike chime in whenever you uh, want to chime in. Uh, we're going to take a look at the quarterback position. Let's start with a, a player who is no stranger to the Jackson State fan base, Casey Terrio. Oh, I remember watching Terrio as a as going to Jackson State, man, and that 2010 uh, Southern game, when we came back and actually won that, man, that was a classic. He, he really made his mark as a legend there. Always was exciting, always was a good player to watch. And man, I, I wish you could have a little cherry on right about now. Mike, uh, of course, we had we had Casey on the show. Talk a little bit about, about your uh, fine recollections of Casey. Uh, well, uh, I definitely agree with James. That, that seven game kind of solidified his part of GSU history. And I remember, you know, right before that seven game, I actually the, the, the first I went to the first game at GSU. I was I was in town, so I went to the game, and you know, I really didn't expect much. I didn't expect to see anything. You know, they said you know, coming had the transfer coming in, Chase Terrio, kid from Michigan, and when I saw that first drive, when I saw when I saw him spin that thing. I said, man, we we got us a good one here, and I left the game smiling. And I remember the week leading up to the Southern game. The week leading up to the Southern game, his, you know, that, that was kind of like the, the turn of social media when fans were following people on Facebook and Twitter, and you could see throughout the week how his, his Facebook followers and his, and his likes, everything just it, it was just rising throughout the week. And then the week leading up to the Southern game, um, I sent him a message. I said, hey, you know, if you want to do me a solid. Just, just go out here and just beat, beat the snout out this other team. I, I, that's all I want. You know. <laughs> if, if you can do that, that's all I need for you in your JSU career. And he went out there and put on the show. And, um, and you know, that, that, that's when I knew we had something special. But, yeah, when I um, when, you, when you think about JSU uh, quarterback in this century, uh, Casey Terrio is definitely one of the ones that – one of the names that uh, come to the top of that list. And, it's a good QB list overall because I know it's good because when I look at the other guys, the other opponents that we played, I frown up a little bit when I see their name. When I see the bunch of Kate, I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, Austin Howard. So I know it's a, it's a pretty good list there. So, um, but, but James, I got, I got a question for you. Um, with these quarterbacks, was it um, um, mutual and unanimous between, between you and Charles, or was there any kind of back and forth between who should be on the list and who, who should not? Was there any of um, – any kind of negotiating there in terms of making a list. We came to a unanimous, you know, decision on but um majority of the people on this list, you know, there's some quarterbacks that didn't make this list, like uh John Gibbs the third. I think he deserves to be on the list, but I think um we were just going by, you know, just best overall just quarterback 
you know, just best overall skill set and everything, you know, just got the total package in quarterback. You know, I right, disrespect right. John Gibbs, but I know he won several flat tests and appearances, but, you know, when it came to just pure talent and quarterback, you know, that's what we based it. We based the most majority on, you know. Guys, when I take a look back and pivot it back to Casey, you, you're talking about a guy who was a 2011 box row All-American, uh, 2010 uh, slight newcomer of the year, box row All-American man as well. But, you, Mike, you touched on it in terms of Casey's impact to the Jackson State program. And, of course, we've talked about uh, uh, the, 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 his, uh, the way he kind of spread the ball around to all his receivers. And, you know, the game that really, of course, Jumped out, of course, that 2010 Southern game, but you know it was the play before the play that, that the one he threaded down the middle to Rentie Rollins. You know, Casey was just a special quarterback, Mike, and you know one that you know it's, it's going to take a while. You know, I, I had an old coach say that you know those type players come once every ten years, and Casey definitely made his mark on the Jackson State football program. Definitely agree. Once every two years, and so. Um... So I guess um, the, the 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 next great thing should should be on our roster right now. Huh? Uh, we hope so. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> let's take a look. Let's take a look at some other guys on the list, especially the Jackson State connection here on the list. We take a look at the wide receiver position. All world wide receiver Rico Richardson. He was a 2012 SWAC Offensive Player of the Year, 2012 first team All SWAC. Uh, this guy in his career at Jackson State, over 2,700 yards receiving, 26 touchdowns. Talk a little bit about Rico Richardson, guy. Rico Richardson, uh, just uh, a, a little background on Rico. You know, a guy coming out of uh, National High School, and I remember when we signed him. Uh, I knew immediately that we we had gotten a steal because I've been watching him his uh, his season in Athens and watching his recruitment pretty closely. And at that particular time, uh, the state of Mississippi, we have some some uh, really highly rated wide receivers um, coming coming out of the state. And I think Rico just kind of flew under the radar, and uh, we ended up uh, finding him. And uh, I remember when when he got to JSU. You know, there was uh, there, there was some a, a little bit of alleged tampering from the Chico's, and, and we, we had some um, some uh, we had we had a challenge keeping them on campus and keeping them engaged. But when he got locked in, and I really think uh, Casey coming in did a whole lot for his career. When uh, when Casey yeah, came on yeah. board, he you know we we saw him we saw him just take off. And um, I know Southern University they probably hate to hear his name. They they hate to hear Rico because. He had some some really great games when when, when the lights were on. Rico came to play, and um, and it, it's no su- surprise that he had a a pretty good NFL career as well. Right, and you know one of the things that I really remember about Rico not only you know the separation that he used to get from defensive backs, but he also made some plays on the special team. Uh, he had a few blocks, a few punt blocks. Uh, as well, but just a really special player. James, talk a little bit about uh, your uh, memory of Rico Richardson. Well, him being from Natchez, yeah, um, I'm from Franklin uh, County, Mississippi. That's a school in uh, Meeble, Mississippi. That's probably not even 20 mile distance between the two schools. And I remember Rico. Rico did some damage to us in high school, and he had, was a big time athlete coming out of Natchez. You know, being in that area, so I already had 
familiar. I always was familiar with uh, Rico Richardson anyway. So when we got right. him, I know we got a lot of people saying, "Hey, that guy, that guy's special right there. You know, he's gonna be the next top dog around here." So man, Rico really impressed me um, in that Tennessee State game. He kind of flew under the radar. He didn't really. If you go back and look at the tape, you can see he made a lot of big plays, but he didn't get the ball much. But I think that Southern game really, with his breakout game, and people really took him serious because that one-on-one, not too many people can hold him one-on-one. He was a special uh, ball player. Like I said, uh, the thing that really jumps out uh, for me with Rico is the consistent separation that he got from defensive backs and from safeties. Every time I looked up, he seemed to always be behind the secondary. And I think one aspect of Rico that's always underrated was his route running. But, you know, he just had pure speed that he could run past you. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Another Jackson State connection that you had on this all-decade list, let's talk a little bit about – 2015 first-team All-Swag selection, Dan Williams. Dan Williams in his career at Jackson State, over 2,400 yards, receiving 19 touchdowns. Mike, we'll start off with you, man. Talk a little bit about your memory of Dan Williams. Dan Williams, he was just the uh, – he was a total package. Uh, when he came in, you know, you could see that, that he had the size and speed and the ability, and when he finally got locked in uh, – you know, he used all of that to his advantage. Um, and it didn't matter if you double-teamed, triple-teamed him. He would always find a way to get open. He, he knew how to separate. Um, you know, he um, had a, a pretty good understanding of his routes. Uh, great release. Uh, just uh, really all-around all wide receiver that, that knew how to um, – you could probably put him at any uh, position on the field, and he could produce for you. He was just a, a, a really good wide receiver. Didn't matter who the quarterback was, he always found a way to be productive. No doubt about it. And one of the things that I, I kind of remember about Dan Williams and a lot of uh, people who watched Jackson State, especially in the 90s, he really uh, reminded them a lot of a guy named Greg Spann, big physical, fast receiver, uh, off the line of scrimmage, uh, had nice speed, a great route runner uh, in terms of what he was able to do. Uh, James, talk to, talk to us a little bit about your memory of Dan Williams. You included him on this all-decade list. Yeah, Dan, the man, Williams. And, fellas, that, that was a man. I mean, he, he was a big, <laughs> muscular kid. He, when I first saw Dan, he looked like a linebacker. I like mm-hmm. it. It's a linebacker out here that's playing receiver, basically. Man, he was physical. He was tough. He ran his routes good. Made a lot of plays on the field. Um, special teams sometimes. I know he did some new things on special teams. But, man, even though we had some of the some bad years while Dan was here, but he made a, he made an immediate impact on the field, no matter which quarterback it was. Dan Williams made sure he was the the guy you watching on that field because he was going to be there in his own no matter what. And I, I think no I doubt think, about I it. I think he should be in the pros like right now. That's the way I feel. You know, that guy was just good. Right. No doubt right. about it. Dan was there during some, some, especially some lean times in Jackson State football, but he was always a standout on the field. So uh, it was great that you uh, was able to kind of weave through the uh, 
I guess the win-loss record, they recognized that Dan had quite a bit of talent and put up some stuff during his career at Jackson State. Yeah, and I think that was another thing that made him remarkable because um, those weren't some of the most um, uh, talented teams. We didn't have as many uh, offensive weapons as we liked. So defense coordinators, they would come in on Saturdays and they would, you know, plan to stop Dan. You know, the whole, the whole plan was, you know, uh, slow down Dan Williams, and they, they really couldn't do it. He still was able to uh, that's right. uh, be productive and, and get those numbers. That's right. He was able to produce with a bullseye on his back. Uh, we take a look now at the tight end position. And one of my favorite players during this uh, decade uh, of swag football, uh, you included a guy, Renty Rollins. He was a 2011 first-team boxer All-American. Uh, he was a Sports Network All-American 2010-2011 first-team All-Swag. And this is a guy, not huge numbers, but just tremendously impactful during his time at Jackson State. Uh, he was one of Casey Terrio's favorite targets. Mike, tell us a little bit about Richie Rollins. Uh, Richie Rollins, a, a guy who was able to put up some uh, pretty good numbers. And uh, as you mentioned, he wasn't always uh, the focus of the game plan. I, I don't feel like we um, used him to his potential, per se. But uh, he was just a um, – he, he's one of those um, tight ends that you see now that, you know, they built like a tight end, but, but they can run and catch like, like a wide receiver. You know, he's one of the the, um, the the modern NFL tight ends that, that you see. So uh, when, when I saw him come to JSU, it, it was um, – you know, I really didn't, didn't know that much about him. You know, I didn't know where, uh, you know, Comedy, uh you know, found him when, when, when he got here. But, but – uh, Man, was he able to uh, to produce? Right, no doubt about it. James, uh, we talk about Ricky Rollins. He was a real matchup nightmare. Uh, what are your recollections of Ricky Rollins? Yeah, Ricky Rollins was—he uh, was a matchup nightmare. He really spreaded you out and had to make him make you cover him, double team him, and you know getting over his space and making a lot of big plays. I want. Renty is one of my favorite guys. One of the things I really remember about Renty was linebackers could could not cover him. You really had to uh, get a safety to come down and really try to uh, try to handle Renty. But uh, like you said, you saw uh, times where uh, he was double teamed and he would still find a way to get himself open. And he really proved himself to be one of Casey's favorite targets. I remember when we had Casey on uh, our podcast that he talked about uh, his fondness for throwing to Renty Rollins, always uh, one of the uh, safety valves, if you will, and just a tremendous career at Jackson State. And a um, great job in terms of you guys uh, remembering his impact on Jackson State football. We, we turn our attention now to the offensive line, and we can't talk about the receiver and the quarterbacks uh, without taking a look at the offensive line, and you guys included uh, Zion Pyatt on this uh, list. Jackson State, uh, he was a 2012 first-team all-swag selection, also uh, second-team all-swag selection in 2011. Mike, what do you think? Zion Pyatt, he made the list. Uh, he uh, was a, a protector of Casey Terrio during his time at Jackson State. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when, uh, when, when we signed him out of, um, I believe it was Lackawanna, with the community college he came out of. And, mm-hmm. you know, good dimensions. I think he was 6'4", 6'5", you know, 280, 290 range, which is that, – that, that's how I prefer my, um, my offensive lineman. I like I like him, you know, tall. He has that tall, you know, lean, athletic build. You know, what, what, long what, arms, yeah. Long arms, yeah. You know, good um, 
you know, good knee bend, you know, all the things you want to see in a um, in an offensive lineman. And we've had, you know, some other offensive linemen like that in the past, but uh, Zion was able to put it all together and and and, um, and make it make it cohesive on the field. And uh, we, we did, did a really good job in in, um, in pass protection and uh, opening up the run. No doubt about it. So those were the Jackson State selectors on the offensive side of the ball. You had uh, Casey Terrio, Rico Richardson. Uh, you also had Richie Rollins and Zion Pye. So great work, guys, in terms of you uh, remembering those guys, compiling their statistics, and including them on your list for uh, all decades. Hey, can I, um, y'all mind cut in for a little bit? Uh, Sure. I think uh, a guy that did make the list that I like to talk about is uh, Marcelo Wilder. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Talent. You know, 6'5", and besides with him, he ran his routes. He ran some excellent routes. He was one of Terrio's favorite receivers as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, yeah. that was actually a question I was going to ask. Was there anybody else that you thought – uh, that would could have made the list that was just off the list, and that was a great call in terms of Marcellus Wilder. He had a tremendous career at Jackson State. Uh, he was another one of Casey's uh, favorite targets, and a, and a guy who was a, a good uh, yin to yang, if you will, to Rico Richardson. You had uh, dual threats on on the outside for Jackson State during that time period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marcellus was a really good one. I, I kind of felt like Dan Williams kind of picked up where. But Marcellus, they thought they were, you know, they, they had those same dimensions, the same ability. But, yeah, Marcellus Wilder was a really good one. No doubt about it. Let's turn our attention now to the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, when we sit around the, the, the tailgate and we kind of uh, think about guys who really made an impact uh, in terms of Jackson State football during this uh, 2010 to 2020 decade, uh, one name that definitely comes up, it's got to be Joseph LeBeau. You guys included him on your all-decade list. He was 2011 SWAT, uh, newcomer of the year, 2012 first-team all-SWAT. James, talk about Joseph LeBeau coming off the area. Man, Joseph LeBeau was, was unstoppable, man. You know, was fast, physical, smart player. You know, he, he, he really had to. <laughs> game plan and double things for him because he was when he come off that line, he's trying to get a sack. He gonna take you you with the quarterback and the running back. Man, that guy was unblockable <laughs> in some plays. Man, that that really that landing that us, you know, I seen him all come in for a practice when I know college first got him. I said, man, that guy right there, that's a standout right there. No doubt about it. Mike, you remember Joseph LeBeau coming off the edge, man. He was, a, uh, by NFL standards, some would say undersized, but he made a tremendous impact in the swag in terms of getting to the quarterback. Oh, yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know, I think, you know, when you know when you go to bed at night and you pray to the football guys for a pass rusher or, or a good edge guy, you know, Joseph LeBeau is is, um, is is the kind of guy you're thinking about. He was just, like I said, he didn't have the size and the, and the dimensions, but he had everything he needed to to get to the quarterback and, and be disruptive. And to me, it, it wasn't just the the the, the, the facts; it was it was the hurry. You know, the the bad situation that he put it, uh, the opponents in uh, just by yeah. uh, the, the, because he had to be accounted for. And right. uh, he he was. Uh, 
really good at doing that. And uh, I know when when Bernard left, I was wondering like, man, who's gonna you know come in and fill that role? And, you know, they they brought in um, LeBeau, and he did he did a really good job. That's um, that's that's what every defense needs to be successful. You need the guy who can come in and get you you know ten or twelve sacks and and, and be disruptive. And he was just that. You know, I think Mike, you hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, the word you use being uh, being disruptive. Uh, you know, sacks are the are, are the stat that gets the glory, but he was a guy who really, uh, you know, got that timer going off in the quarterback's head. It was the quarterback hurries, and I can't, you know, it's a stat that uh, we don't really record all the time. But he was just one of those guys who was so disruptive uh, that he, you know, he, he caused havoc in terms of the quarterback and just having to get the ball out of his hand. So Joseph Lebeau, that was a great include by you guys, game in terms of what he was able to do. A tremendous career at Jackson State, first team all swag, uh, 2012. Another guy we can't uh, not mention the great Javancy Jones. You guys included him on your all-decade team. Javancy, he was the 2013, 2015, 2016 first team all-swag, 77 tackles for a loss, 19.5 sacks during his time at Jackson State. Mike, what do you remember about Javancy? Javancy, honestly, Javancy, he's probably one of my – Top five Jesse players of, of all time, any position. Uh, you know, he, he embodies everything you want, not just in um, a, a, a linebacker or a defensive lineman, but just as, as a teammate. You know, he was, a, he was a leader on the field, leader off the field. Uh, you know, he really believed in uh, in JSU and the culture. He embraced the culture that we had here. You can always see him on social media, even to this day. You know, he's always. You know, uh, talking to recruits and, and signees, they come in and work them on board. But uh, what he did on the field, again, just another disruptive guy that had to be accounted for. Uh, you know, he, he could he could drop back in coverage. You know, uh, you know, cover cover a tight end if you need him to. But uh, anywhere around the line of scrimmage, you know, you were you, you were in trouble if Javante was there because he, he knew how to um, control the gaps, knew how to how to rush the passer. He was just. Um, a great linebacker in every way. I remember when he came out of high school, he had um, some FBS offers, but uh, he was able to look past that and see um, the greatest in JSU, and and, um, and he was a very productive one for us. You know, we have a lot of guys who come in that are highly touted that don't live up, live up to the expectations. Javancy exceeded those expectations. So um, just a, a great all-around player. No doubt about it, Javante Jones out of the football factory. That is Knox would be counting. He was a guy who could uh, stand up, definitely put his uh, uh, hand in the dirt. James, talk a little about Javante Jones. You included him in this all-decade defensive uh, uh, lineman squad. Talk a little bit about Javante. Man, Javante probably was the first guy I thought about anyway that deserved to be on this list. I mean, Javante was an outstanding athlete. He was an outstanding student and character guy that the uh, Jackson State, I think he got probably was a steal, you know. I think uh Javancy probably one of the greatest players to ever come out of JSC. Right as well as we speak right now. You know, he was hard to match up with, you know, you had to double team him, he was fast off the end and he could play down and you know, standing up. You know, making big plays. I really, I, it was a bad zone. It was some good years, man. He really motivated the team. 
when he was on, man, he was on, man. He felt like he could, it was JSU against the world, man. I wish, I wish there was a lot of players that would come through and play like him and have a heart like him, man. I think if every player that was on that, that played for JSU played like this, then we'll be unstoppable, man. No doubt about it, Javancy Jones, a, a guy that really bleeds J- Jackson State, blue and white. Uh, he wears it on his arm sleeve. Uh, just an underrated part about Javancy uh, in terms of, uh, like I said, his leadership uh, characteristics during his time at Jackson State, definitely worthy of all-decade mention. And I'm glad you guys are including him on there. As we continue, let's take a look at the defensive backfield. And 2011, another guy from this 2011 squad, he was big, he was physical uh, at the uh, line of scrimmage. Let's talk a little bit about Quay Cox, Jackson State, uh, second-team all-swag, 2012, first-team all-swag. He had 10 interceptions during his time at Jackson State. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you with Quay. Talk a little bit about Mr. Cox. Uh, Quay Cox, man, he is the uh... – the, the quarterback that you always want on your team. You know, he, uh, he he talks big and he can go out there and back it up. Um, you know, they would uh, line him up against the best wide receiver, no safety help, and he would really hold his own. Um, I think one of the um, biggest games that stand out to me was uh, the Alabama State game. I believe it was the um, – uh, I believe it was the, 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 the 2012 year. They even went to the – it was 2012 year. The 2012 season, and um, we were playing against Alabama State. You know, Crowell had burnt us for some some long runs, but we were able to come out there with the win. And I remember on the um, the last drive of Alabama State, they went deep to to the receiver, and Cox broke up the pass two times in a row. Two plays in a row, the pass break up. You know, coverage out there by himself. And you know, you know, Coach Hayes, he's going to like to leave his guys out there on the island because he thought you know, <laughs> right. he got burnt a few times on that, but. He thought he thought all his guys were like Clay Cox. I guess if, if he had two or three more more Clay Coxes, he you know we probably would be back to back track champs that year. But but uh, but he put Cox you know out there by himself and um, yeah. quarterback tried it twice and lost twice. And I was like, man, I said this guy, this guy's got it. One thing about Clay that I, I definitely remember, he he never lacked confidence. Yeah. Uh, swagger is the word that comes to mind talking about Quay Cox. James, what are your recollections of, of Quay Cox? Well, Quay Cox is a lot there on corner, man. Like, and you, a lot of people couldn't. A lot of people didn't throw Quay Cox away, man. I mean, he was like, kind of remind me of a Jalen Ramsey type guy, you know, one of those elite corners. And, and yeah, man, you know, he's going to be disruptive. And man, that's that's one great corner that uh, always stood out to me. No doubt about it. You know, just a playmaker. Just exactly a playmaker. You know, guys, as we get ready to uh, kind of close out, uh, James, was there anybody uh, that didn't make the list that you thought should have made the list on the defensive uh, side of the ball? Oh, I think. uh, I think. Keontae Hampton should be on this list. I know he's a pretty young guy right now. But I know for the next 10 years going forward, he's going to be on this list. And I know he's going to have two great next seasons. I already know. I think he's good enough to be on this list now. That's one guy that I definitely 
going to be looking out for. Uh, who else? Someone else on his list that could have. Um, Billups could have been. Um, I forgot Billups' first name. <laughs> Jonathan Billups. Jonathan Billups. Yeah, Jonathan Billups. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Another guy. Yeah. So I think he's deserving to be on this list, too, on the defensive side of the ball. Mike, what are your closing thoughts on this uh, uh, team of the decade, if you will, the Jackson State selections, uh, in terms of, of what they were able to contribute to Jackson State football during this 2010 to 2020 uh, time frame? Uh, I, th- I think I think they nailed it. Uh, it it's a, it's a, um, a a pretty good list, uh, objectively, uh, subjectively. Yeah, I, um, I agree with James. I would have liked to have seen. Keontae Hampton on the list. I, I, you know, I did it. He only played one season uh, within that decade, but um, I think I think he's done enough to prove that he should be there, and he'll definitely be on the uh, the 2020 decades list when we're, when we're looking at this ten years from now. Uh, but uh, it's a, a very good list, and looking at it, it reminds me of um, you know, even though things probably didn't go the way we we wanted them to last decade. We were still able to uh, bring in some, um, some some quality athletes, and it just shows to me that uh, regardless of the win loss record, the uh, the JSU brand still appears to be intact because we're still able to attract some of the, the best talent, and um, and we we can line up um, against anybody in this way if you, if you look at this list here. So, um, you know, my head goes off to uh, to James. You guys, you guys did a good job on this. Uh, yes, James. Definitely wanted to uh, say uh, thank you in terms of the work you guys put in coming up with this, uh, compiling this uh, uh, SWAC uh, team of the decade list, if you will, or SWAC players of the decade. Uh, you guys did yeoman work, and I definitely want to say uh, I take my hat off to you guys. That was, that was a great job. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I think another guy should probably be on this list, too, though, on the edge. Uh, uh, why is decent as a kicker, you know. Oh, no doubt about it. This is this is uh, Mike, what we call the quintessential uh, tailgate talk. When you're sitting around the tailgate, <laughs> and you're kind of kicking back yeah. these names of, yeah. of yesteryear, yeah. and you're really looking at kind of run together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. But James, we want yeah, to thank yeah. you for coming on tonight, uh, or coming on, and I tell you what, a tremendous job. Thank you for uh, all your work in terms of putting together this. Uh, Players of the Decade list, and we look forward to uh, you and Charles and your podcast coming out uh, in, in the future. All right. Thank you guys for having me, man. It was fun compiling this list and fun discussing this list, you know. I'm <laughs> yeah. a, a big-time swag fan. I watch the mm-hmm. game from all angles and aspects, and I just want to give you guys a credit and give them uh, their recognition, you know. No right. doubt about uh, it. No yeah, doubt about James, it. have you um what have have you all received any uh feedback from uh fans uh, throughout the spread on this list? You know, anybody Yeah, we we've, we've um, received a couple of feedbacks from um a couple of fans. I thought this would really get a deep conversation started on, you know, Twitter because I kinda wanted to see what, you know, like guys like Jay Walker and, you know, H B T U game day and H B T U sporting mm-hmm. You know, major publication to see what their thoughts would be on this list. And I know I talked with DJ Jones that works with HBCU guy. He said it was a pretty, it was a good list. He did a good job. 
Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a really good list. I don't think that, um, you know, any of the guys on here are, are, are controversial. It, you know, it, it, the numbers speak for themselves. The accolades speak for themselves. So it, it's a, a, a pretty comprehensive list. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, each school probably has, you know, one or two guys that they feel like should have made the list. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty good list. I remember when we had the uh, the JSU Goat QB talk about who was the greatest QB of Penn um, State uh, all time. Um, you know, some, some people came for me on Twitter. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got I got I got I got some, some pretty um, uh, constructive criticism on that. So I was just wondering that'll be experience. That'll happen. happen. <laughs> that'll <laughs> definitely happen. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on uh, and for this episode of a uh, Tiger Talk uh, with the fourteen hundred pod, uh, podcast. Uh, thank you to all our listeners. And, again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users rate and review the show. And, everyone, follow Tiger Talk with 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 Club on Twitter. Uh, folks, we got some great shows on deck. And uh, we're looking forward to doing some big things in the platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show and tell every Tiger you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on, and we'll be posting each episode to our Facebook and Twitter pages. Until next time, I'm Charles Bishop with Mike Bradley. We'll see you on the next podcast. who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done